Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this episode, we are going to boycott, divest, and sanction the Palestinians. Let's get started. The BDS movement claims to have originated from a July 9, 2005 call by Palestinian civil society organizations for a boycott, divestment, and sanctions against Israel and for academic and cultural boycotts of Israel as a whole. This was the further expansion of the first established Palestinian campaign for the academic and cultural boycott of Israel in Ramallah in 2004. The call for BDS is portrayed as a response to Israel's unwillingness to submit to a ruling by the International Court of Justice, a ruling that condemned Israel's security barrier. This was a ruling that was an advisory opinion that Israel was under no obligation to accept. The definition of BDS on their website suggests that it's a boycott, divestment, and sanction movement that works to end international support for Israel's oppression of the Palestinian people and to pressure Israel to comply with international laws. Historically, this is not the first attempt to harm the state of Israel financially and, of course, isolate it from the rest of the world. In a further attempt to isolate the Jews of Israel, an attempt to, of course, strangle and kill the Jewish state in its infancy. The boycott campaign actually predates the establishment of the state of Israel itself, starting in the year 1945. The Arab boycott that was formally declared in the newly formed Arab League December 2, 1945, this boycott demands the Jewish products and manufactured goods shall be considered undesirable in all Arab countries. All Arab institutions, organizations, merchants, commission agents, and individuals are called upon to refuse to deal in, distribute, or consume Zionist products or manufactured goods. Of course, we have to notice here that the term Jewish and Zionist were used synonymously. Remember, this was in 1945 before the establishment of the State of Israel itself. So blaming this boycott on the Palestinian treatment by Israelis would just be silly since Israel didn't even exist at the time. There would have been no occupation or supposed oppression against the Palestinian people. The objective of this boycott, of course, was to isolate Israel from its neighbors and the international community, as well as to deny it trade that might be used to augment its military and economic strength. Clearly, the initial attempts to boycott by the Arab nations didn't work, as they all began making peace with the state of Israel and making their own trade agreements. So in 2005, we see a renewed attempt to boycott and divest and harm the state of Israel financially. After this break, we're going to take a look and see how that's going so far. We'll be right back on the Jewish Diaspora Report. In the past, when we spoke about boycotting the state of Israel, its intention was and still is to do harm against the Jewish state and its mostly Jewish inhabitants. However, even from the start, but more so in the present times, the BDS movement is actually BDSing the Palestinian people more than the Israelis, the very people that those BDS proponents are claiming to want to support. The BDS movement, which is largely run by Palestinians outside of the disputed territories, has done real harm to Palestinians. Most notable examples of this is the SodaStream company, which was targeted because of its factory in Mishor Adumim, adjacent to the settlement of Ma'al Adumim. SodaStream, an Israeli company, was the largest employer of Palestinians in the territory with nearly 600 workers, all of whom received the same salary, medical insurance, and working conditions as all the non-Palestinian workers. The BDS activists' protest outside stores internationally intimidated shoppers, vandalized SodaStream products all over the world. As a result of the financial losses due partially to the BDS attacks, 
the company ended up closing its West Bank factory and replaced it with one in the Negev Desert within Israel. Ali Jafar, a shift manager from the West Bank village who had worked at SodaStream for two years, is quoted as saying, All of the people who wanted to close the SodaStream West Bank factory are mistaken. They didn't take into consideration the families, end quote. Referring to the Palestinian families who were being supported greatly by this Israeli company. Currently, around 122,000 Palestinians work every day in Israel legally and within the settlements, and their incomes are a very important part of the Palestinian Authority economy that has taken a tough hit during times of the pandemics, according to the Times of Israel. Around 87,000 Palestinians work legally within Israel, according to official figures, and another 35,000 work in Israeli settlements in the West Bank. The vast majority work in agriculture and construction. This provides the Palestinian people who live under a horrible economic status in the West Bank, under the Palestinian Authority, a decent living wage. The Israeli government provides these people with the ability to work and receive a decent wage to bring home to their family, not only supporting their families but also their local economies by spending money that they've earned in Israel at local stores. Some people who look negatively on this situation as Israelis' repression of the Palestinians that only 120,000 people receive permits to work, the Palestinian territory that falls under the full control of the Palestinian Authority and is filled with non-Israeli Palestinian citizens do not actually have the right to work within the Israeli state. This essentially would be like me as a Canadian walking to the United States border and demanding a work visa to work within the U.S. Of course, I can apply to the U.S. to get a work visa, but it's not my right as a non-citizen of the country to be able to work there. Contrarily, those Israeli Arabs that do have citizenship within the state of Israel are fully able to work in various fields within Israel. There are Israeli Arab doctors, teachers, even politicians within the government. So any claim that says restricting non-citizens' abilities to work within a foreign country is somehow unique to Israel or some type of crime against the Palestinian people is simply ignoring the laws of every other country in the world. In another attempt for the left and pro-Palestinian or anti-Israel groups to isolate and harm Israel, they pressured the Ben & Jerry's ice cream company to cut ties with Israel as part of their BDS movement. In 2021, great celebrations were held by the BDS movement after they had pressured Ben & Jerry's to stop selling their ice cream in Israel. Unfortunately for the BDS movement, this isn't quite what they were hoping for or celebrating, or maybe it was. In a statement by the company, they said, quote, Although Ben & Jerry's will no longer be sold in the occupied Palestinian territories, we will stay in Israel through a different arrangement. In other words, they will continue selling ice cream to Israelis in Israel, but they won't sell their ice cream to what they claim to be occupied territories. Who lives in the occupied territories? Palestinians. In other words, apparently they are not going to sell their ice cream to Palestinian people on the West Bank. I'm not quite sure if the BDS movement hoped to stop the sale of delicious ice cream products to the Palestinians, but I guess they succeeded in barring the children of the Palestinian territories from a nice cool treat on a warm day. Yet again, the BDS movement is harming Palestinian people while claiming a moral victory for themselves. As we can see here, we have a lot of people who don't live in the territory or maybe even don't have much knowledge about the people on the ground making policies or trying to bully companies into stopping working with Palestinians or supplying Palestinians with items or products that ends up just harming the Palestinians. Think about those 120,000 workers who might lose their jobs because the company is being boycotted by people across the world. Unlike SodaStream that is using a factory within the Palestinian territories to employ Palestinian people, there are many companies within Israel that use Palestinian workers in order to provide them an income. How many of these boycotts affect these people and make them lose their jobs? 
Rather than boycotting these companies, people should be speaking out and supporting companies that support the Palestinian people and provide them a living wage, likely more money and better benefits than they would get in the Palestinian territories. When we come back after this break, we're going to talk about how the BDS movement is really working on the ground and the after effects of what the BDS does to Israelis and Palestinians. We'll be right back after this break. Proponents of the BDS movement want to convey the impression that the Palestinians endorse their actions and that the movement serves to help Palestinians on the ground within the Palestinian territories. But this is simply not true. In fact, Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority himself, told a South African journalist, quote, We do not ask anyone to boycott Israel. We have relations with Israel. We have mutual recognition of Israel. End quote. Even the Palestinian Authority understands the path to peace between these two nations is through economic cooperation and mutual support. Unfortunately, there is another group of Palestinian leadership that is in a constant struggle with the moderate Palestinian Authority. Since 2006, a civil war broke out and tensions rose between the more moderate Palestinian Authority in the West Bank and the Iran-backed terrorist organization Hamas, who controls Gaza. Hamas has long attempted to extend their reach into the West Bank and delegitimize the Palestinian Authority to harm Israel. In recent years, we have seen Hamas recruit Palestinians living within the West Bank who have work permits that can enter Israel legally to end up attacking Israelis. The result of which we have seen in many situations in Israel has caused Palestinians to suffer. In response to the use of Palestinian work permits for terror, Israel has responded by creating and increasing border-crossing checkpoints. These checkpoints are often used in photos and videos on social media as weapons against Israel, as harassment against Palestinians trying to get to work. Many call it dehumanizing. For starters, let's just point out the fact that Israel has a right to defend itself from those who are seeking to use work permits or sneak in under the guise of going to work, whose aim is to find a populated center and murder as many innocent civilians as possible. Just as recently as this month, two Palestinian men from the Palestinian town of Jenin, a pro-Hamas area, murdered three Israelis and wounded four with axes. It was reported that these two men worked in Israel and even obtained a ride to their killing spree by an unsuspecting Israeli co-worker. As we see in many aspects of this conflict, we see the Israelis try to provide an opportunity to the Palestinians for something like working, and Hamas, a terrorist organization, uses this freedom to harm Israeli citizens, so Israel must create barriers to stop these events from happening. And the only people that are harmed by this action are the Palestinians who are trying to get to work. The Palestinians are being held hostage yet again by a minority of terrorists in their territories. We do not hear any condemnation from the BDS movement about people who use and abuse the permit program to harm civilians, which ends up causing the legitimate workers to suffer in long lines and closed borders. I also wonder if the BDS movement was to stop boycotting Israel investment in the West Bank and providing good jobs for Palestinians within their own region, like SodaStream, there would be less need to even go through checkpoints in the first place. But instead of seeing more companies go and build in the West Bank in order to create these jobs, we see BDS trying to stop them from making jobs in the West Bank. In the end, it's very clear that the Palestinians within the territories know that the BDS movement is hurting the Palestinians more than it's helping, and it continues to force them into an impoverished life. I wonder why the BDS movement doesn't understand this. And if they do, why they're not supporting companies who hire Palestinian workers rather than trying to put them out of business. Does this just show how little they really care about Palestinian people and the economic well-being within their community? Does it just show how much more they hate the state of Israel and how they're willing to harm those Palestinian people that they claim to support in order to harm the Jewish state? 
Maybe we can even ask if the BDS movement itself is profiting off of the suffering of Palestinian people by obtaining donations from unsuspecting people who are trying to support the Palestinian cause. I think what we can take from this podcast is better understanding that we need to stop the BDS movement because the BDS movement is pretty much just BDSing the Palestinians. This has been another episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Don't forget to check us out on social media at jdr.podcast and check out some of our other episodes on your favorite podcast source. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.